Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Kia Orion, the man who needs a new tagline. We'll hopefully come up with one soon and put it here. You could be anywhere in the world, but you are here with me. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is going to be a sentimental pod, a little bit of a trippy pod, a funny pod. There's a lot that I want to talk to you about today because this is, as you've read in the title or the description, wherever it is, also, I'm apologizing. As always, I should just stop apologizing. Girl, stop apologizing. But for all the, the crazy noises and stuff, but it uh, it is what it is. comes to the territory. So this is my last podcast from Medellin for a hot minute. The scientific, I think, qualification of time for this is a hot minute. And it feels good. It feels exciting. I'm in bittersweet. I'm really excited to go home and see my folks. I haven't been home in almost a year. And at the same time, there is a piece of me that is sad to leave this place. This has been a really special chapter of my life. I've been here almost a year and a half, which is kind of crazy because I feel like part of me just got here. Another part of me feels like I've been living here for ages. But I'm realizing that this is the closest place that I feel that Feel. The place, the closest place I've found that feels like home, a lot of F's for me. I felt the same way in Chiang Mai. I think the difference about Medellin that I love is that it's in the same time zone and it's not so far away. I don't feel like I'm totally disconnected from Western world, but there's something about, they have a lot of similarities. The people are very kind. The weather's really nice. The infrastructure's rad. It's just an easy place to live as a Westerner, at least for me here, there's a, there's a comfort and an accessibility that I've learned to love. And as someone who likes routine and likes these things, I've found, I I gravitate towards these type of places where it's easy to just kind of plug and play. I can just kind of hit the ground running and boom, I'm off. I know the place I want to eat, the apartments I can rent from. I have taxi drivers. I've got a little community. It's all kind of right there. I also realized that if I don't challenge myself or push myself, then I also fall sometimes into behavior patterns that are okay, but that I'm not maybe growing as or as learning as much as I'd like to be as a someone who's still struggling with self-worth a little bit. I think that there's a lot about like maybe needing to prove my existence or prove that I'm here for a reason or that life has meaning that is still within me. Like I always kind of have this drive to be improving and growing. I also am very aware that growing, learning and improving are truly, those things truly bring me a lot of happiness that when I am learning something new, whether it's a hobby or a skill or something, that those things bring a lot of meaning and joy to my life. And so there, that's very real too, that I like to challenge myself and put myself in these situations so that I can learn and and, and become a better man, a closer version, or at least a better version of myself and closer to the man that I imagine myself being. Living more in alignment, as they would say in new age circles. So y'all, it's my last pod from the city of Eternal Spring. It has been a roller coaster. I feel like I've learned so much about myself here from going through 
from coming here and not even sure if I was going to stay here to kind of going through battling that phase of insecurity of wanting attention from women, going through that phase of sex addiction and falling prey to vices and maybe not the best version of myself to almost dying last year. And then this most recent phase when I've given up my dreams to be a musician. And so it's just been a lot of versions of myself coming to terms with myself, looking myself in the mirror, having a lot of hard conversations. And I'm really liking where I've ended up on the other end of it. It's been a journey. It hasn't been the easiest one over the last year and a half, but I've really, I'm glad that we're ending up where we are. And this is a man that I feel like is still a little fragile, but that is also excited. And one that talks about themselves in the third person because it's easier to create distance from motions that way. So yeah, I feel like it's, I feel like it's the right thing. I feel like it's the right thing and it's the right time. I'm in this new stage of my life where I'm learning how to articulate myself better in a new medium, in a new artistic medium of writing and photo, you know, through written and visuals. And so I've learned a lot about visual communication and photos and exposure triangle and video and all that sort of stuff. And at the same time, I've really, because I've been scripting out these videos for YouTube, I've also really fallen in love with writing. I found that my favorite, one of my favorite pieces of the entire creative process for making these YouTube videos was scripting, either scripting out the narrative work or writing the script and researching for the videos in another way. And so there's a part of me that is still like part academic and still fantasizes a little bit about maybe going back to school someday to like be a professor or get a PhD or something. It's because I like the idea of researching and writing and kind of dedicating a lot, large chunks of my life to that. But I'm not ready to give up the travel piece yet. I really do love the creative freedom that I've been able to find so far. And so maybe I can just be like a visiting professor sometime down the line. I think that would be rad where I don't have to live in the States or be one place forever. I can just kind of like pop in and teach classes I'm passionate about and then pop out and go do my thing and not have to deal with all the, all the, the real life realities of what it means to be a professor and dealing with bullshit and sitting on committees and, you know, the nepotism and all those things that I don't love about academic life. So that's kind of my game plan, but I was thinking about it and I would love to go back to school to learn more about writing at some point. So right now I'm, I'm just reading a lot about writing and, and I'm taking an online course on writing memoir and it's an art that I'm really fascinated by and I'm surprised that I haven't tried to learn sooner. I've obviously been obsessed with songwriting for a long time, but it's different than like narrative writing or personal short story or non, uh, not other nonfiction writing. And the, like any art, you know, the, the rabbit hole goes, the farther down you go, the deeper you see that the hole goes. And so it's been very humbling realizing how bad my writing is, but also very exciting, you know, writing every day. And, and I'm excited to become a better writer and thinking about that as a medium that maybe someday that would be something I'd like to teach if I could get good enough. And so 
just holding that always in the back of my mind of maybe going back to either a semester or two or just doing something to have get critiques and find more feedback on writing because it is something I really have fallen in love with every day as I've been working on these nonfiction pieces. So from nine to noon, that's kind of my writing chunk in the morning. And the first two hours will be more nonfiction and more academic. I'm not an academic writer, so I don't want to say academic, but it's more like learning and researching and reading and then crafting my own opinion and, and maybe frameworks about these things. And then the last hour from 11 to noon, I'll write personal short stories. And so this has been really fun, like diving back into my memory and learning about how to show and not tell. And, you know, we all have some incredible stories. And I think part of this, and this is going to be a segue into what I also want to talk to you about the next piece, the trippy piece, is for me writing and capturing these stories is I think when I hit 30, it changed for me. I think I... Getting older was always a thing, obviously, but there was something about 30 when I was like, oh, wow, like this thing is speeding up for real. I think one was the near-death experience last year, two turning 30, kind of around the same time, just realizing like that the finitude, as they say, is has become more apparent. And so I think both with the, if I'm digging deep, if this were a therapy session, if I was actually paying you for therapy... I think the obsession with visuals lately in with writing stories might be my own way of dealing with my own mortality and a somewhat futile attempt at slowing time down, living in the moment and capturing moments to live longer. That's on some super deep Kia mental shit, emotional shit, if I'm really digging deep. More than, I mean, I love the medium. I love expressing myself, but I'm thinking if I'm thinking like one step below, I think that that might be partially inspired there. It's like kind of, you know, I'm realizing I'm not, I'm not able to slow this thing down as much as I'd like to. And so trying my best and failing uh, at, at capturing it in as much raw, gritty detail as possible. So that way when this thing's all, said and done with a little bow on top. I haven't felt like I've thrown it all away entirely. And so I'm learning in so far as I'm doing it a lot, but I'm excited to take it more seriously. And I think once I actually have a collection of maybe like 10, 15, 20 of these short stories that I've actually gone through, worked through, like hiring an editor, getting feedback on them, and eventually publishing, like like really working on publishing these short stories, as well. So that's one thing, but I'm just falling in love with writing. I'm like, this is the ultimate nomad job because you'd need very little equipment for it, which I kind of love. And so that's where thinking about this next year, this has been on my mind of, I, you know, I wanted to YouTube and these other things and I'm doing them, but I'm like, how can I really minimize and spend more time just doing what I love to do in learning and getting good at this? So I'm on my own kind of like eat, pray, love journey this next year where I'm going to go home, see my folks. My plan is then to go to Rio and there for maybe a month and some change, see a really dear friend who also serves a mentor for me. And then maybe have a little adventure with my brother in there if I can convince him to hang out with me. Haven't figured out that yet, just be a couple weeks. And then I'm taking my ass to India because I want to go somewhere 
where I can, you know, get more in touch with kind of my spiritual side, figure some things out, do some deeper thinking, and just have not any place super crazy, fancy, or expensive, and just have more time to write and take photos and videos and make art. And I feel like India has that inspiration too right now that I'm kind of looking for. Which brings me to, I say all that to say, this idea, speaking of writing, I've been thinking about like books and ideas of like, what's something I would want to write about and research and look into that could be fun? Because all research for me is at least me search, you know, when I'm into happiness, nonviolent communication, relationships, cutting toxic people out of your life. These are all things that I'm fascinated with because of how they apply to me. So I want to learn about them and then I like to teach them as well. This piece that I've been toying with though, speaking of the mortality and the photo, et cetera, and writing, et cetera, et cetera, trying to hold on to moments or if we're not given more time, how to make the most of the time we're given. And I heard Tim Ferriss talk about this on a recent podcast. And so I promise I didn't steal it from him, although he did phrase it much better than I did, which is what I want to share with you and something I've been thinking about, which is maybe the point shouldn't be to try to extend our lives in terms of actual years lived but how can we extend our lives through the perception of time so that we've felt like we've lived longer? So rather than focusing on the biology, it's more focusing on the psychology of it. And so when I think about this, it dawned on me because when I'm going home to see my folks, I told my dad recently, I said, hey, pop, like, I want to go on some sort of a family trip with you guys. It doesn't have to be long. It could be a weekend. Because when I do, I'm able to anchor these trips home better. Even if it's a weekend away, the last few years when I've gone home, I've tried to take my dad camping. We went camping one year, my pops and I. Me, my dad, and my brother went up to the Adirondacks, and we went kayaking one time. And it's like these small trips are like memory anchors. And the more I get obsessed with story, the more I'm seeing these things take shape as well. That it's not exactly like I'm living longer, but my perception of that time seems to be stretched out and more concrete in my mind because I'm such a creature of habit. So many of my days end up bleeding together as the same because they are the same. For the most part, I mean, yes, small, beautiful moments happen every day, but large swaths of my life, years at a time, I compress into half a sentence. And instead, it's creating these anchor points intentionally for memories so that if it feels like I've lived three months longer, then and if I do that every year, this is the point that Tim was making in this podcast. If I'm living three to six months, if I feel like I'm living three to six months longer every year, have I then just actually extended my lifetime, my perception of my life by 50%? And so this is just a concept that I've been toying with, that I've been, I would say, a little obsessed with lately that I want to dig into. That I'm like, this could be a cool book to write, just to dig into the research around time and our perception of it. Because one of the reasons, too, why I want to get more into photo video and honestly writing and thinking about stories is to kick my own ass to go out 
and record more because every time I go out and shoot, I remember that shoot so much better. I remember that walk. I've gone on hundreds of walks since I've been here in Medellin. Every single afternoon, pretty much, I go for a walk. But the ones when I go out and I'm shooting, one, I've actually captured the moment, and two, I remember them better because I live more in the moment because I'm thinking about framing and color and lights and people, and it's like my brain clicks into this awareness mode where I just may, I retain information a lot better. And so with India, that's part of it too, of like thinking about how can I switch up my location even if I'm in the same place, I have a base, no matter where it is, even if it's here in Medellin, but going on more of these small trips more often, maybe once every two weeks, every three weeks, once a month, because the moments in my life that I remember the best are filled with an event of some sort, some sort of love, you know, if it's, a, you know, a sex or a romantic weekend or something like that, like those are all very vivid still and something significant if it's going to a show or a concert or comp, like doing things that are novel, create a perception of time that is more concrete, at least for me. And so thinking about how can I do more of these things and capturing them through visuals or through stories for me is, is it for maybe this is my own twisted. This is the part I probably need to see a psychologist about like, just doing them doesn't feel like enough, but being able to do them and capture them is exciting for some reason. Like, it's not like, I'm like, I want to go out to this little place to go hiking on a waterfall just to take it in. I'm like, I want to go hiking at this waterfall because I think it would be a rad story to tell, or I think it could be, you know, something really beautiful and pretty to capture, which is maybe a little bit problematic because you're never fully like present and in the moment, but that's inspiration at least for me to, to expand my horizons and maybe that's enough. And so with that said, that is actually, that ties into another book that I've read recently and, and something that I've been, uh, a piece that I've been working on. I haven't figured out my angle for it yet, but it's about this book called 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman. I've talked about it a little bit before. He has this idea of cosmic insignificance therapy. It's like bordering on nihilism, like we're all fading to dust slowly, so nothing really matters. But because of that, it actually gives me a lot of sense of like meaning and purpose in life. But more than that, his book, 4,000 Weeks, that if we're lucky, we live to be 80 on average, which means you actually get only 4,000 weeks. And the concept isn't ever, is that we never get more time, right? We think that we're gonna be successful and then we get more time to do the other things that we want to do. But that like to acknowledge that we never get more time is the first part. And then also to be aware that you can't do all of it, to give up this idea of life, work-life balance, like to give up the idea that you can be successful as you want to be and have a great family and a great relationship and all your friends. It's like you have to make sacrifices and the, the power though is in choosing that you choose what it is you spend your time on, which sounds very rudimentary, but it's a really powerful concept of learning how to intentionally close doors because keeping those open is actually keeping you from potentially doing what you want to do. An exercise that he talks about, which I thought was really cool, was writing out a list of the 25 things that are the most important to you and then arranging them from 
the most important to the least important. And then crossing out, I think it's like the 22nd, like, like the 22nd through the 25th. You know what I'm saying? I'm better describing numbers, but pretty much you just keep the top three or you just keep the top five. And then it's not that you don't do the others, but you avoid them at all costs because those other 20 are the ones that are the most seductive that would keep you from your actual top five. So for me, it's not like gardening. Sorry, mom and dad. It's not like gardening for me is like really taking me from my writing because I'm like, man, I'm drawn to garden, right? Like there's a zillion things that, that, that could be, that could be anything could be painting, like all these other things that I don't really love, but like trying to get laid or trying to have a girlfriend or trying to be a professional dancer or these other things like, or becoming these other, these other pieces of of a life that I am drawn to and want to do that actually are seductive in keeping me from these other things that I've said are the top, you know, my top three or top five things. And so if my top three things are like becoming a better artist and my physical health and spending more time with family, if those are like the top three things for me, like that's where the other things become more seductive and learning how to, it sounds weird when I say avoid those because it's not like I'm trying to avoid having a girlfriend, but like kind of in a way. And maybe that's like, I don't, but I think for too long, I've wanted to like try to have a great relationship and also be a great artist and also, you know, have my physical health and also this. And you know, you can't just keep and alsoing things like things have to Things have to take a back seat. And so for me, like sex and intimate relationships in romantic, that aspect, I'm realizing like I have to put that on the back burner. That is one of the biggest seductive pieces for me because I inherently want those things. And as a man, I crave those things. I'm not saying women don't either, but I just only know my man perspective. Chill out. But the, at least at this point in my life, like learning how to become a great writer or how to tell better visual stories or spending time building these narratives and these videos on YouTube or whatever, like those to me are more appealing and more fulfilling than sex. And I have to be okay with that. That like I, those don't work well often in my life. Like they, one can often inspire the other, but like that giving that up, is not inherently a bad thing, I think, but it's being intentional about it and recognizing that that is not something that I will spend time on right now and then having to be okay with those decisions. And for me, that mental switch of being like, not trying to fit it all in and just saying, no, these are things I'm actually cutting out. Like to me, my friendships are more important than like having a girlfriend right now. Like that's, whoa, like that is a decision I'm making and then learning to be okay with it. So like, I can't be like, oh, I'm lonely on Friday night. Like see if I'm out on the prowl. Like I'm like, Kia, these are decisions you made 
at least for this point, like stick with it, you know? And so the same with physical fitness. If you're trying to get fit and it's like, you never have the time and I'll get to it. It's like, you have the time. We always have the time, but you've just chosen these other things to be a priority. And then being okay with that. And that like your life will have these different dynamic periods or like, maybe your house isn't as tidy as it needs to be because you're spending that time playing with your kid. You know, like it's about the, it's a, I'm not explaining it the best, but like these ideas of being intentional about the sacrifices that you're making because of the priorities that are in your life and making those things a real priority. And then like learning how to be okay with the rest of it kind of falling apart. And that has been really like, a game changer for me just to be like, okay, dude, like I'm just going to let that other part fall apart. And like, that's all right. Because these other pieces to me are just are where I find the most enjoyment and excitement from. And I think I'm hoping some point in my life that that changes and I'm not so obsessed with career and so obsessed with achievement and writing and art that I can have a relationship and really dedicate to it and that that becomes more exciting to me. But it's right now, I think that's where I sometimes struggle too with my own self-acceptance is like why I can't sometimes feel more normal, but there's just something about making things and learning things that is so consuming and exciting to me that a lot of times more, I'd say, quote unquote, like kind of like normal life things kind of fall apart or fall to the side and that I just have to be okay with that. My most recent piece that I released on my Facebook and on YouTube, it's called The Art of Letting Go. And it's about that of like, it's about the idea. I kind of take the piece originally like letting go of control, but where I'm really taking it is like letting go of needing to be anything other than you are. And you know, I don't have that totally figured out. I'm still working through that, but it's, it's been, this book has really helped me with some self-acceptance in that regard of being like, um, this is kind of what I am right now and learning to be okay with it. And so, yeah, y'all, that's, what's been on my mind right now is gearing up leaving this weekend. I'm kind of getting everything together. I've got a photo shoot with my buddy on Sunday and then I'm flying home going to be upstate New York for a hot minute, about a month. I'm thinking of getting a drone and some other cool like video equipment just to like cool, tell better stories, throwing myself into some writing, spending time with my folks, eating a lot of vegetables from their garden. And then off to Rio, go uh, figure out some, some life shit and then hopefully India. And this is just some rudimentary Kia's thoughts on life, love, art and everything in between, but I like to share this with you just because I feel like it helps me process it too. And there's something about, again, also documenting these moments that I find helpful so that I can look back on them and kind of see how I am able to work through these things or not work through them and what things come to fruition and um, kind of timestamp moments in life because you only get one. And so you work with what you got. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, if you made it this far, you're a real one. Your check is in the mail. Appreciate y'all. You're my therapist for real. And I'll hit you with a podcast soon when I'm back in uh, 
upstate New York. Appreciate y'all. Peace.